I'm going to get Taco Bell in the middle of this so I get to eat dinner while we're having the podcast. That'd be fun. Then... <laughs> Whoa. What? <laughs> I was going to say, and then like five minutes later, you're going to have to run to the bathroom. I might. <laughs> be trumpets over there. You got to edit out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure I've ever seen you eat Taco Bell. I, I really don't eat Taco uh, Bell. Um, every now and then, like, the kids wanted it. I'm like, nah, fuck it, I'll get beefy uh, five layer. Uh, those are pretty good. Yeah. I don't know what else would be good from Taco Bell, to be honest with you. Uh, that's the only thing I've ever eaten from there. And soft tacos or crunchy tacos, obviously. Mm. But beyond that, no. Uh, I did have one of their steak burritos back when they... Do they still have steak burritos? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they're not as... Like, I remember you probably talking about like the XXL burrito, that huge one. Oh, man, I love that thing. <laughs> oh, we can edit that video in just the right way. Tommy being like, oh, that huge thing. I love that. <laughs> oh. That XXL, man, I love to just stick it in my mouth, you know? I wish I could have recorded the beginning of Shane. He's like, oh, it's big and black. <laughs> Well, if you if you got it at the right point, it could be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, That's too we're, funny. We're talking about a microphone there. <laughs> yeah, 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 we were. <laughs> oh, I was talking about a burrito, so. <laughs> I was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> got me tearing up. <laughs> Already. <laughs> Oh man, I would have been good with just one of these. Well, you do get two of them. Yeah, taste got pretty monotonous there at the end. At the end. <sighs> Whose night is it? It is my night. Oh. Okay. Yep. Yep. So, whenever y'all are ready to start, we can start. And welcome to the greatest show on all podcast streaming things, The Paranormal Minds of JST. My name is Tommy, the host for tonight. And as always, I have gathered my two best friends to join me in this tale, Josh and Shane. Hello. Shane doesn't talk anymore. He's a mute. I said hello telepathically. Oh. Those who That's know. That's what that was know. in my pants. I wasn't sure. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I don't know why I did the opening like that, because it's not a big tell I'm telling today. Uh, <laughs> it's, nothing like, it's nothing like crazy spooky or scary or any cryptids or anything. It's actually just about two paranormal investigators that 
I'm pretty sure both of y'all have heard of, and I know I'm um, pretty sure our listeners have heard of the Warrens. So I thought you were about to say like Zach Baggins or something. No. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I was about to hang up. My nope. <laughs> Oh, we'll just have to do another episode. No. <laughs> I mean, we we can compare, I guess, on that. But, I mean, the Warrens, uh, you guys know who they are, right? I mean, they're pretty big in the paranormal industry. Some people believe that, you know, they are, you know, legit. And then some people believe that they're fakes. So, I tend to lean more towards, I think they made a lot of their stuff up. Um, and that's just me, but we can get into it real quick and let's see what you guys think about it. All right. There's a lot of notes cause I covered, uh, some of their, like their famous hauntings or not their hauntings. They didn't haunt anybody. So <clears throat> yes, they did. <laughs> now Ed Warren, uh, he was born in September. He was born on September 7th in 1926. Now, he did pass away in August of 2006. Lorraine Warren was born January 31st, 1927. She passed away in April of 2019. So, just, I would say a few years ago, but, I mean, you know, it was like four years ago. So, I guess a few, that works. Now, as a boy, Ed did grow up, and uh, he believed his house was haunted. And Lorraine, she started to notice she had clairvoyant abilities at, an un, at a young age as well. Now, as a child, Ed recalled doors opening on their own and strange lights uh, starting to form in his house. Lorraine recalled for her first experience, which was around nine, she remembered seeing auras around people but assumed it was normal. Now, Ed joined the Navy in 2017, or not in 2017. He's dead at that time. So, I ghost Navy, maybe. He joined the Navy on his 17th birthday. And just a few months later, the ship he was on collided with an oil tanker in the North Atlantic. A fire erupted, and all of the men on the ship had to jump overboard. So, now, as he was in the icy water, he prayed for help and, you know, Soon rescue came and rescued him. You know, after that experience, that's when he returned home and he asked Lorraine to marry him. Now, this is where it kind of goes into, are they scam artists or are they legit for some people? So, now, they would do researches on houses they believed to be haunted. And then they would drive to the house. Now, Ed was a painter. He loved to paint. And he would paint the house. Then he would hand the painting to Lorraine, who would then walk up to the door and knock on it, offering the homeowners the painting as a way to get into the house. Uh, Once she struck up a conversation with the homeowner, they would learn more about the property and hauntings. This process was how their investigative career began. Family friend and psychic Mary Pascarelli contacted them and informed the Warrens of the paranormal activity at a local Bridgeport residence. Now, this was their first official investigation. So, this was the residence of Jerry and Laura Gooden. 
they were experiencing <clears throat> some paranormal activities. Um, but once news got out about the poltergeist affecting the house on Lindy Street, crowds began to form outside the house. This was the first case where the Warrens experienced such a large media presence as they tried to conduct their work. So now they, they were both devout Catholics and they would try to work with the church uh, during multiple exorcisms. Now, as their notoriety grew, the Warrens expanded their audience through mass or through media appearances, speaking engagements, and college lecture tours, all in an attempt to prove that the devil was real. So, of course, it led to them uh, being pretty much the main focus point, I'd say the main focus point, in the Conjuring movies, if y'all have seen those. Um, and we're going to dive into a few of those hauntings. Not too much, but just a few of them. Um, now, Lorraine also had a cameo in The Conjuring, in the uh, original Conjuring movie, in the first one, I guess you could say. So, now, several people, of course, we all know, um, wanted to, you know, say they were fake. And, of course, some people said they were real. Now, a team of scientists uh, that examined Lorraine, it was led by Dr. Thelma Moss. After intensive studies, they determined Lorraine was a light trance medium. I don't really know what that means, but I'm guessing she goes into a light trance. Well, I'll cover the hauntings first, then we'll get to the skeptics. While investigating the Smarl family, Ed determined the entity that was haunting them was a succubus. In 1971, the Warrens claimed that the Harrison Road Island home of, per of the Perron family was haunted by a witch who had lived there in the early 19th century. According to the Warrens, Sherman uh, cursed the land so that whoever lived there somehow died a terrible death. And that's, of course, the, famy, the famous Conjuring movie storyline. So Lorraine Warren was a consultant on the production of that film. Now, this one, and you guys probably seen the famous picture. Um, this was the Amityville Horror. It claimed that the house was haunted by a violent, demonic presence so intense that it eventually drove them out of their home. The Amityville Horror conspiracy authors Stephen and Roxanne Copeland criticized, uh, characterized the case as a hoax. Lorraine told a reporter for the Express Times news, uh, newspaper that the Amityville Horror was not a hoax. The reported haunting was the basis of the 1977 book, The Amityville Horror, and adapted into the movie in 1979. So while they were there doing the investigation, Supposedly, I believe Ed turned around and he snapped a photo of what was supposed to be just a top floor staircase uh, landing. And when he did, there's a kid, like a kid's head, kind of poking around the corner or through a door. And they, everybody who was there said nobody was upstairs. So... And then you have uh, the Enfield Poltergeist. Um, 
1977, the Warrens investigated claims that a family in the North London suburb of Enfield was haunted by a poltergeist. A number of independent observers dismissed the incident as a hoax carried out by an attention-hungry child. The Warrens were convinced that it was a case of demonic possession. And, of course, that led to The Conjuring 2. According to Guy Lyon Playfear, a parapsychologist who investigated the Enfield case alongside Maurice Gross, also says the films greatly exaggerated the Warrens' role in the investigation. He stated in 2016 that they turned up once and that Ed Warren told Playfair the Warrens could make a lot of money out of this case. He collaborated the claim that the Warrens were not invited to the infield house and that nobody in the family had ever heard of him until Ed turned up. Arnie Johnson. This is this haunting is the plot for uh, The Conjuring the Devil Made Me Do It. In 1981, Arnie Cheyenne Johnson was accused of killing his landlord, Alan Bono. Ed and Lorraine Warren had been called prior to the killings to deal with the alleged domestic possession of the younger brother of Johnson's fiance. Anyways, the Warrens claimed that Johnson was also possessed. At trial, Johnson attempted to plead not guilty by reason of domestic possession, but it was an unsuccessful plea. Then you have the Snydecker, that's what I'm going to call it, house. In 1986, Ed and Lorraine Warren arrived and proclaimed the Snydecker house a former funeral home to be infested with demons. The case was featured in the 1993 book In a Dark Place, the story of a true haunting. A TV film later became part of the Discovery Channel series A Haunting. And this is The Haunting in Connecticut. Uh, the family involved, which was going through some serious problems like alcoholism and drug addiction, could not keep their story straight, and uh, he became very frustrated. It was hard writing a nonfiction book when all the people involved are telling you different stories. Also had acquired the Annabelle doll, which the Warrens say they got from two roommates back in 1968. Annabelle's not the porcelain doll that you see in the movies. Um, she's a raggedy ann doll and it had a lot to do with like the doll just showed up one day uh and just started terrorizing the people so according to a 1997 interview with the connecticut post steve novella and perry DeAngelis investigated the warrens for the new england skeptical society they found the couple to be pleasant people, but their claims of demon and ghost to be, at best, as tellers of meaningless ghost stories and, at worst, dangerous frauds. Uh, so they said they took the $13 tour and looked at all the evidence the Warrens had for spirits and ghosts. They watched videos, looked at the best evidence the Warrens had. Their conclusion uh, was that it was all blarney. That's a weird saying. I never heard that. So they found common errors with flash photography and nothing evil in the artifacts the Warrens had collected. Uh, they have a ton of fish stories about evidence that got away. They're not doing good scientific investigation. They have predetermined conclusions, which they adhere to literally and religiously. So that's according to Novella. Lorraine said that the problem with Perry and Steve is that they don't 
uh, base anything on a god. Novella responded, it takes work to do solid critical thinking to actually um, employ your intelligent uh, faculties and come to a conclusion that actually reflect reality. That's what scientists do every day. That's what skeptics advocate. So now, according to the Sydney Morning Herald that examined whether supernatural films are really based on true events, that investigation was used as evidence to the contrary. So Novella went on to say, they, uh, the Warrens, claim to have scientific evidence which does indeed prove the existence of ghosts, which sounds like a testable claim into which we can sink our investigative teeth. Uh, what we found was a very nice couple, some genuine, sincere people, but absolutely no compelling evidence. While it was made clear that neither DeAngelis nor Novella thought the Warrens would intentionally harm uh, cause harm to anyone, they did caution that claims like the Warren serve to reinforce delusions and confuse the public about legitimate scientific mythology, or methodology, my bad. And that's the Warren. So, do you guys think they're real? Or just con artists? Well, they were fake people. <laughs> I was about to say the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Completely made up. <laughs> so first your your skeptics that what you just named off on debunking them pretty much is the yeah. same thing said about every paranormal investigator well, ever yeah i mean i don't take the skeptics too much at heart because i i'm a firm believer if you want to disprove something you're going to disprove it mm. you know and if you want to prove something you're going to prove it right um, so yeah, I'm, I'm right there with that. I'm ki- Oh no, I'm sorry. I'm going to let Josh talk before I start questioning you. <laughs> no, go, go for it. Go for it. <laughs> Question right. away. You, you said that at the beginning of this, you leaned toward thinking they were a hoax. Mm-hmm. You personally, what drives you to that decision? Well, First off, the way that they started their investigations, I guess, um, like the whole doing the research on supposedly haunted houses and now I don't know exactly like what they researched. Right. I mean, we're talking about 50s and 60s. OK, so obviously they didn't do no Internet history or anything. So <clears throat> but for them to do a research on a house. Ed paint the house and like from my understanding is he would sit outside and paint it the whole time for like hours, you know, and then Lorraine would take it up there and knock on the door and be like, Oh, I just have this, you know, here's this painting, but I just have this weird feeling like there's another presence here or something like that. You know, it, it feels like a type of grift to me. Um, you get what I'm saying? Well, yeah, but if it works, I mean, how many places have we wanted to go to and we can't? And if we could have bribed them with a, a painting of their house, I'd paint their house. It might look shitty, but... Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, plus, I just feel like... I don't know. Like, there's more to them that's not... 
it just feels shady, if that makes sense. Like, Ed had a lot of backdoor dealings. Um, supposedly, he was in a – supposedly, I put in air quotes. But he had a 40-year uh, affair with some lady. Um, so – and he was he was really obsessed with money. So, that's – you know, I just feel – I feel like maybe – now, I'm not saying – like people do, that there aren't mediums or, you know, anybody who investigates paranormal or frauds or con artists because we investigate the paranormal. But I just feel like sometimes like they would go do a case and then present a bunch of media coverage. Like I said, they were doing lectures and going to, you know, talk shows and things like that. So it was like a way of I feel like they were exploiting the people they were trying to help. I think that happens a lot. Not just in the paranormal community, but just with a lot of things. Yeah, there's whole ass shows like, oh, your house burned down. We want to help you, and we're going to make a whole show oh, yeah. about it. I mean, I, I, completely, yeah. I completely agree with that. But, I mean, at the same time, I mean, I, even some of those shows have been shown to be like a con artist or type of grift, too, you know? Yeah. Um, they are the reason I have my Annabelle doll, though. I have to admit. Um, and why I bought it? I think she's way over here on the move somewhere. She's not. She's usually stuck over here, but I'm running out of room, obviously. So that's why I have the actual Raggedy Ann version and not the new Annabelle version. Did you say she was in your bed? So you you sleeping with her now? Yeah, I get scared. I'm scared of the dark. <laughs> We've established this with the lat when we were at Basin Park. That old man asked me why I carried dolls everywhere. That's because I'm scared of the dark. <laughs> well, I wish we could have filmed that. That would have been so funny. All right. Well, I, I have a lot of thoughts, but since we're talking about Annabelle, can we can we start there? Because Annabelle, I've never really bought. I I believe that there can be attachments to items, attachments to dolls, mm -hmm. but to the degree that they claim. Now, I know it's nothing like the movie, right? They didn't claim it was running around murdering people. Right. Uh, but it would <laughs> right. it would move on its own. Yeah. yeah. I, I think, according to claims of Annabelle, let me go to Annabelle. Because I didn't, I didn't do a full dive into, like, Annabelle and all the other... Uh, hauntings because i wanted to focus on them but which yeah, you don't you don't have to dissect or we can focus on them it's just that one to me feels like storytelling well according to this article on well it's on wikipedia uh, a student nurse was given the doll in 1971 so and see with ed and lorraine it was 1968 so, and supposedly, uh, it would move and it would beat on the door and stuff and like just torment according to the story. So like nothing like going around, it didn't kill anybody. Right. Yeah. I'd always had the story of it just being menacing, you know, nothing, mm -hmm. nothing violent, just you know, like it would tear uh, tear apart the apartment. 
Yeah. Supposedly. But I always took that as the entity that was attached to it, never the doll itself. Yeah. The doll, was to me, was just a symbol for what was happening. Mm. An anchor, anchor point, as it were. Yeah. Now, that makes more sense. Like, I can buy that. Uh, right. But I think we can see for all of their stories, I mean, shoot, based on their investigations, there's 10, 12 movies, yeah. and they are all very over the top, and they're yeah. not really the stories they were telling. So I think... So me personally, I don't, I don't think they're full of it. May they, ha- they might have exaggerated some stuff, but I think their investigations were based in truth. Um, mainly because of the continued investigations that happen at some of the places. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the Conjuring House. Um, I, I, I think there's a better name for it, but that's what it's most well known as. Mm-hmm. I mean. A family just sold that what last year because they couldn't deal with it anymore, and they were making a lot of money there. So if they were faking it, they weren't going to sell it just to make a quick buck and move on. Like that place was rented by paranormal investigators for what a year in advance at oh, wow. like five hundred dollars a night. Like they they did not need to go, <laughs> you know, if they were <laughs> full of it. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. The same thing with the Amityville Horror House. There was a, a family that bought it right after all the murders, the real murders that happened, the Lutz family. Yeah. And they continued to experience stuff uh, in an interview just uh, a couple years ago in 2020. You know, the son was still having nightmares from 25 years prior uh, being in the house. Oh. Uh the parents took a lie detector test and passed it on cl- their haunted claims. And they ended up selling to get out of it back in 2017. So I think, hmm. I mean, I don't, I don't have a lot of information on everywhere they went, but just like the big ones, you know, looking into it's like, no, I think hmm. those are legit. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the infield was and a lot of people in the par- like paranormal investigators kind of believe the infield haunting was just complete bogus you know um yeah. and that was the the make for the conjuring 2 and of course in the conjuring 2 that the warren show up and they're there throughout the whole investigation and you know all that <clears throat> and it is true they only showed up for like a day and they were like we don't we don't know who you are and they left because nobody would cooperate with them. Yeah. You know. Um, that looks so, a little sketchy. Yeah. And, of course, you know, you listen to the, if you watch the movie, it's what I think the diocese asked for the Warrens to go there and all that. Of course, you know, again, it's it's a movie. They got to sell it, right? Right. Um. But there are just certain things like, you know, the haunted museum of haunted equities. Like they said, they had to house these things to keep people safe, but yet they charge thirteen dollars for a tour. You know, um, yeah. Annabelle had, was. A, <laughs> maybe they had. Maybe had they had the whole museum. Uh, you know, uh, some kind of 
sigils or something around that were keeping whatever entities at bay. They did for sure with the Annabelle doll. I know they kept it in the glass case. It was supposed mm-hmm. to be blessed and sealed and all that. Yeah, I and, think there um, was a like there blessing was a, on it or something. Yeah, and I think they had another doll. Um, did they have? Was it? Was it George? The doll is that the doll? The the boy doll. I don't know. I, I can't remember his name. Are you talking about Robert? Robert, yeah. Robert, no, Robert, where Robert did George has it. from. I wanted to call it Jeff, and I'm like, no, that's the mongoose that we <laughs> used to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, Robert's still in uh, Key West, mm-hmm. from my understanding. Okay. So, okay. yeah, like he doesn't leave. So, yeah. Um, well, I mean, and, he leaves his spot to run around, but he doesn't leave Key West. He likes it there. Right. Speaking of dolls, I want to go to the Doll Island. I remember the have you ever seen that place? Mm-hmm. It's pretty wicked. Mm-hmm. But um Lorraine, the trance medium thing, Tommy, you said you didn't look into it. Um yeah. you've seen um Insidious, right? Yeah. You know the old lady that's like she can talk to the guy while he's I think this is in the in the latest one, the chapter three or whatever, two, I'm not sure. Anyways, she can sit there and still talk to I think his name is Josh in the movie. And while he's in the spirit world. Yeah. But she's not. And I think that is what Lorraine was, was like that old lady. Mm. She has the ability to be conscious and still talk to the spirit world instead of being. But I, maybe the trance thought of it, maybe Josh, maybe that's what it is. I'm not sure. Uh, I just figured because you know how like um, seances are. Described as somebody going into like that trance, the eyes roll up in the back of their head, and oh yeah, all that, that. Makes sense. and that light. Oh trance. man, what what movie was that? It might have been in. I don't know. Anyways, the woman put like the gas mask on, and there was a hose coming out of the gas mask, and the guy had headphones where he could hear what she was saying, and she was like speaking really quietly in the thing. It's the it's the same lady, I think. Man, I don't know. We're we're just talking about movies here, but I, I don't anyways. know. I haven't seen that one. <laughs> I, I can't remember what movie that was. Like, it was Apartment fourteen oh three, maybe. Uh, You're talking about Room fourteen oh eight. Room fourteen oh three, maybe. Uh, apartment one forty three. I bet that's uh, what it is. Let me see. I'll know it when I see it. Yeah, I think that was it. But anyway, she wore a gas mask and like he, she would go into a trance and talk to the dead and only the guy listening through the headphones could hear what she was saying. But yeah, maybe that's what it is. You have to, the, just the trance medium talking mm. like that. But no. reading this, it's like they can be completely conscious and talking to the dead. So I don't, that sounds contradictory. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I always thought it was something like, because, of course, in the movies, you know, it shows her walking around and she's seeing dead, you know, you see what she supposedly sees, right? Right. But, like, if you watch um, The Haunting or any of those drama, uh, dramatization uh, shows, Paranormal Witness, all that, whenever they have, like, a medium like that come in, you know, they just... They walk around and they do like this. I feel somebody, an older spirit or younger spirit. I feel a name, things like that. So yeah, 
Mm. I mean, and and I I believe that to a degree, like they we can feel energies and stuff. So I I don't dismiss that. The only thing that has me question is, you know, <clears throat> are they legit? As far as are they trying or were they trying to essentially make money? At the same time, I don't know. We do the same thing. I know that, but hey, I was about to say, if we could get paid to do paranormal investigations, we would absolutely take that opportunity. Yeah, but uh, but my thing is, is you're coming off as trying to help people, you know, yeah. and we're just doing investigations. Well, don't don't doctors get paid a shit ton of money to help people? Well, yeah. <laughs> and they make shit up all the time. <laughs> like Shane's knee. They told him his knee was bad because he was fat. That's not true. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I get where your your heart's at, Tommy. It's like, no, nah, it seems a little weird, you know, saying you want to help people and want money. But, I, like, I think that's everything. Even... Even people that go on missions in the name of their religion across seas and shit, they still ask for money before mm. that. And uh, they tote the fact that they did that after to then warrant more donations. Like, no matter how good the intentions are, you still got to make a living. Yeah. 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 Um, some of these, like, I, I guess, so... Let's let's say Enfield. You know, I don't know too much about that except mm. they were they were called right. They Ed and Lorraine were called out uh, to to a home because they thought it was haunted, right? Like they didn't yeah. seek them out. So they show up and they go in and yeah, they're like, okay, we we got to get paid. We're charging to clean this house, investigate this house, do an exorcism, whatever they were brought out to do. At that point, they're gonna have to. They can't still be like. Yeah, you you were full of shit. Well, Here's our bill. Well, that that's the thing. Nobody in the family said they never heard of Ed or Lorraine Warren until they showed up. Now, the Enfield oh, poltergeist was making headlines um even over here. Like couple is, you know, like this family is being tormented by a poltergeist and this lady, you know, this girl is essentially being able to hear voice and like you would walk in and hear a voice off into the distance that in a room nobody's in and come to find out they were able to do like throwing voices and tape recorders and stuff like that but nobody heard of ed or lorraine until they showed up okay i mixed that up yeah so they and infield was in in England, in London, right? Yeah, in 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 England. So yeah. they just Ed and Lorraine just heard this and just hopped in a plane and flew over there and just popped up at their doorstep. I mean, <laughs> I mean, some people believe like what they because at a certain point they were getting paid more for their media coverage and stuff because they were in America they were like big you know famous they dealt with the Amityville haunting you know all these other types of hauntings. And so I'm a lot of people believe like what they were trying to do is go to 
infield because it was getting a whole lot of mass attention mm-hmm. and it was a way for them to make a bunch of money and get a bunch of fame. All right. I'll give you that one. I, if that, if that's how that went down, they were definitely milking that and yeah, that let's, let's put that as a shitty sticker on them, but I will say I probably would do the same. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, definitely. The potential to make millions? Yeah, I'm going. (laughs) Now, there are claims, um, unsubstantiated, let me remind you, that um, they were also fabricating haunting, especially dealing with the people with like where they would paint a picture and go in. Some people believe that what they would do is they were just targeting people. Pretend that the house is haunted. Go in, do a whole thing. Oh, this is a bad spirit or whatever. We can do it sage, and all you got to do is just pay us. This is a 50, so probably like 50 bucks or something like that, and we'll cleanse your house. Again, nobody, nobody that they've done that for has come forward to my knowledge. All right, so... I know I, uh, the Lutz family we we referenced. Mm-hmm. So that was the uh, which one was that Amityville? Yeah. So they showed up to the house and they're like, "Hey, let's make up a story about somebody who." Well, no, I guess the murders were real that happened before that. Yeah, the the murders oh, yeah. were real. So yeah. they, you're saying, Ed and Lorraine researched, knew about the murders, go and convince the Lutz family to play along and act like it's haunted. I well, think they had already claimed that it was demonic possession. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm I'm talking about like the houses that they would do paintings for. Oh, was that not one? They didn't just show up to that one? No, I think they were actually called in on that one. Because around that time, they were uh, quite well known. Because they did like, and I'm going to just name them by the movies, like A Haunting in, uh, I believe it was Connecticut, and the... The Conjuring movie. So what's their, what's their very first one then? Did you mention that earlier? Uh, I believe their very first one that got them noticed was the Smurl. S-M-U-R-L. So that one was where they ran into a succubus. Now, were they called into that one or... Did they Wait, show no, up? I was wrong. I was wrong. I was wrong. Now, their first one that got them the biggest crowd was the Bridgeport Poltergeist. Um, now, their friend, Mary Pasquarella, contracted, or contacted them and informed the Warrens of the paranormal activity. Well, That's so they the were, one. So they were called out to that one, too, the... Their first yeah. big break, they were asked to come to. By uh, a family friend. Hmm. So, and that's the one, it was a poltergeist that was affecting the house. And then that's when crowds began to form outside the house. This was the first case where the Warrens experienced a large media presence as they tried to conduct their work. Yeah, I, I guess I could see why they would draw a crowd. Nowadays, 
ghost hunting's on every other channel, realistically, and it's kind of the norm when it wasn't quite the norm then. You know, people knew about it, they knew it happened, but for it to be right there in their faces, you know, probably a little different. Like, even when we go, nobody really pays us any attention when we're there. We got camera, you know, <laughs> Shane's always got a camera pointed at us. So, I've always been, like, on the the fence about Ed and Lorraine Warren. It's like, I want to believe that they were trying to do good, but then you hear stories like, oh, he'd paint a house and then ghost hunt the house. Like, come on. Like, ah. Mm. Yeah, supposedly, like like I said, they would do the research on it. And now I've had heard a version, I think it was Wendy Goon was talking about it, where he said that they would get a feeling of the house while he painted it. Like he would just paint random houses, and he would get a feeling, and then he'd give you know Lorraine to go and do the investigation. Yeah. I was looking up this Bridgeport. Uh, the house is still standing, but... The people that live there do not talk to anybody about anything. Is it the Did same you, family? I have no idea. And it says it says current owner, so it probably changed hands at some point. Look up what, Josh? Um, this investigator, Benjamin Radford. Um, oh no. Not Benjamin Radford. What's what's Grayton? What was his first name? Anyways, he said that if if Lorraine was to tell him the sun would be coming up tomorrow, he would get a second opinion. <laughs> and I'm curious as to why he would say that, you know. And he yeah. said that to invest paranormal investigator Benjamin Radford. Yeah, one of the one of the guys from the. Uh, yeah, Marce, uh, Maurice Gross. There, there's not like, I know he didn't like them. Um, he thought they were fake. And Guy Playfield. Now, to get a little bit about him is, you know, he he's a py, uh, uh, pyro psychologist, parapsychologist, and like he. He's kind of like one of those, like, he doesn't believe in ghosts. Um, so, now they did have a, during the Enfield poltergeist thing, they did have an investigator named Joel Nickel. Uh, he was a skeptical investigator. And uh, he was a magician uh, in, experienced in dynamics of trickery. And that's who said it was, you know, that's how they were able to find out that it was a hoax, pretty much. So, but I was trying to find, he said something, and I can't find it. So, I can't find it. But now, Gross, he... Gross was a physical research, you know, um, into uh, psychological research when his daughter Janet was killed in a motorbike accident. So he was more trying to look for, you know, answers, I guess you could say. But 
which led him to join the Society of uh, Psychological Research and the Ghost Club, which is a paranormal investigation and research organization founded in London in 1862. So, so for them to be like, yeah, these people are fakes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I really want to believe that they were, they were trying to do good, but it's hard to say, you know, with 100% confidence that they were in it for less than, you know, just getting, I mean, for, for more than just getting money. I, I don't know. Yeah. And that, that could even change, you know, maybe they started out good and got yeah. corrupted. Uh, yeah. I thought about that. I was wondering the same thing. Right. It was like, they tried to start out being good, but they realized how much money could be made by um, just simply scaring media people. and yeah, yeah, media and doing the tours yeah. and, because, like I said, a lot of their investigations that are listed, you know, the ones that are essentially the Conjuring movies, right? Um, you know, they they did media presence. They all had media presence and stuff like that. So, you know, mm. and they were invited on talk shows and things. So, you know, we referenced Zach Baggins earlier, and, you know, it's <laughs> it's funny. So Ghost Adventures, when it started 20 years ago, was legit. You know, yeah, but right. Zach, Aaron, and Nick you knew it was all real, and there wasn't all this fakeness. And you you saw as years went by that, yeah, that that really happened. Did you really get possessed ten times in a fucking row? <laughs> I, uh, right. And then, same thing. But Zach started a haunted museum, you know, mm. of things that didn't need to be out there, and has went on to guest star on baking shows and and things like this, and is really enjoying that media attention. Yeah. yeah. Like like you could say he's now the face of paranormal. And because of that, <clears throat> a lot of other people in the paranormal community are like, nah. Like what you said, dude said, now if he said the sun was gonna come up tomorrow, I'd get a second opinion. And yeah. Right. I I feel that watching this guy run around. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, definitely. And and like you said, it could be maybe they did ham up the investigations a lot more or whatever to get that media attention, you know, because of course back then when they were doing it, you know, you really, you didn't have internet, you didn't have discovery channel, you didn't have, you know, travel channel and all that running these investigations, you know? So, but even with that, um, and I may be wrong about this, but I, I seem to remember a story about the pictures that they would take and how a photographer, a professional photographer, uh, debunked some of their uh, the plasma pictures that they took of mm. uh, echoplasma or whatever it's called. I don't know what they call it. Yeah, um, hang, hang on. I think I, I think I wrote that down. I saw that, and it was, uh, where is it? Have, speaking of while Tommy looks that up, um, Shane, have you ever seen the original, the 2004 documentary that Zach and Aaron made? Mm-hmm. It was just them two. Now, that to me was a damn good movie. Yeah. 
Like they did a good job on that, and they, and that's what blew them up, I think. Yeah, they they aired that at a convention, just the three of them, before they had a crew or anything, and right. that's what got them the show. And I think they were they stayed true to it for at least five years or so. Yeah, and I think I think money really got in the way. I think it could have been really good too if it just stayed. Yeah, if they would have stuck with it. I know there's mm-hmm. rumors that. Nick, you know, that's what happened with him. That That's why he left. Yeah. And if you watch, have you ever watched any of his new shows? He's I, I have watched a couple of episodes uh, of some of his stuff. Now, his stuff seems real. Uh, it's back right. to the roots. I, I like the guy, but it is, he's kind of dull to watch. No, boring. <laughs> yeah. Well, didn't he have that, like, Ghost of Shepherdstown thing where, like, a sheriff was investigating paranormal stuff like it it got that cra- like that level of crazy like it's a paranormal investigation show turned into like a TV series of crazy hauntings oh nick I don't yeah know. i haven't seen that yeah it's on the discovery plus but um uh, huh. but no uh, i did look it up and it was the people from the uh skeptic society um, mm. said they had issues with uh, the photo or flash photo photography that they had. Uh, mm. So the pictures they took and, uh, you know, the other evidence there. Of course they had issues. They were with yeah. the Skeptic Society. <laughs> the, the story I, I seem to remember, and it and they may have been from a Skeptic Society, uh, as they debunked how they took the pictures. And, and, and that's, that's the sad thing because... Like, for us being, and we believe in the paranormal, we believe this stuff, it is hard to say, like, they're fake, you know, yeah. and all this, because that's that means, like, all, everybody's fake. You don't believe what you believe in, essentially. Kind of like somebody essentially saying that they believe in a religion, but then denounce people who say they witness a miracle or something, you know? Like, right. You essentially don't believe in your own belief where with skeptics, it is about, you know, they don't believe in that. And they think a lot of them think it's stupid to believe in that. And, you know, so they find reasons to debunk it. Yeah. And that's where that, that, that hard part comes in, you know? Yeah. And I think with us, it's, or at least for me, I go into it with this mindset. You know, I'm always talking about science, and 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 I want to put that in there to to make me look at it from both sides. Like scientifically, you could explain a lot of things, but there are some things, the mirrors, that I can't explain that. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't know. You know, I like going in it with that mindset. And, I don't. Well, I never want to be like a true skeptic or a true. I I, I believe in it a hundred percent. Obviously, I wouldn't be doing this, but yeah. I'm not. I don't want to be like uh, I'm skeptical of everything I come across. Do I question it? Absolutely. Well, I mean, to me, in order to find true knowledge, and this is me. I know people disagree. In order to find true knowledge, one must have an open mind. One must be able to question their own beliefs, in a way to experience the truth. You know, yeah, and 
I think if you don't approach something with an open mind, then you're not only doing what you're approaching an injustice, but you're doing yourself an injustice, you know? And that's why I can sit there and I can look at videos like on TikTok or on YouTube and stuff. And I do say like, I believe in it, but is there a way to fake it? Yeah. You know, I've can it be fake? I've seen a lot of TikTok videos that are very convincing. I'm just going to yeah. throw that out there. <laughs> yeah. Well, like one that comes to mind is, and it's on nukes um, where I think she was in Sweden or something during the lockdown. And, you know, the light in her kitchen kept turning on and things kept, and if you look, there's a back door in yeah, the like kitchen right there. Yeah. Now you never see the door open or close. It's always there. But, you know, editing and stuff, you know, like, you can cut quite a bit out, you know. Right. Um, and then one time she turns around and the light cuts off in, like, this shadow thing. It almost, to me, looks like somebody in a sheet. <laughs> uh, just, like, pokes his head around the corner of the door and then back, you know. And then she runs over there, cuts the light on, and nobody's in there. Yeah. So... But I just, I mean, it's so rare for actual paranormal investigators to get full body apparitions for somebody to sit there and just have that recording. And then the ones where it's like the the ladies that are all in white with the long hair, long black hair down and are like, oh, we caught that. It was scary. I'm like, that looks just like the person from the ring. Yeah. So. <laughs> Samara's after us. Right. She gets around. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, yeah, there, there are things I'm like, that's not real. That's not real, you know, or yeah. I'm pretty sure that's fake. So, yeah. But uh, one thing that I'm curious about, why not? It, you've, you've gone through all this trouble to become these uh, uh, supposedly sought after investigators. Mm-hmm. And with Ed being a just self-proclaimed demonologist. Why not go ahead and and become Can't you you can go to school for those kinds of things, right? And could you then? I guess it probably would have been frowned upon. Then. Well, I I think it's because like demonology, I don't think that's a like accredited course from like Oxford University. No. Like I think you'd have to go to a theologian school. And then it's more based on Christianity. Yeah. So. But they were devout Catholics, right? So. Yeah. Wouldn't they need to know more about that than norm? I don't know how Catholicism is, but I feel like I remember seeing that they have to know those kinds of things. Yeah. Like they, they have to know certain signs or something. Like there has to be complete evidence before the church will issue an exorcism and like i said they the church has an exorcism and issued an exorcism or not issued but like approved an exorcism in god god knows how long yeah like chains over there fact checking me yeah oh i'm just curious on the last time they uh, wanted an exorcism. Yeah. 
I'm talking about like the actual Vatican. Yeah. Not, you yeah. know. Well, I think they're the only ones that can approve it anyways. Yeah, but supposedly there have been exorcisms from like um, abbeys and like little, you know, oh, okay. Catholic churches and stuff like that. So they're like just that. trying to be, I gotcha. Just got yeah. a bunch of Constantines running around. Yeah. <laughs> I'm John Constantine, asshole. <laughs> Vigilante <laughs> exercise. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I heard they were supposed to make a second one. I hope so. The first one was so good. All right. All right. Yeah, it looks like all that started to die down in the 60s where they yeah. they sought to uh, downplay the demonic possession. So it's not even that it stopped happening. They're like, this is what everybody's associating us with. So let's uh, shush on the demon shit. I'm, I'm sure it has a lot to do <laughs> yeah. with uh, the Exorcist, like. Yeah. Uh, although uh, what that came out in what seventy one? It, it was definitely in the seventies. Yeah. In the seventies. Yeah. I think. Um, but it might have been. Yeah, that may have been why they were like, "Yeah, let's be quiet on that one." Hmm. Which yeah, is but weird a- because, like, and, and you know what? Too might have been like, what? And this boils down to money again. They were getting probably getting sued when a family member would die in the middle of an exorcism. Mm. Yeah, like they blame the church for it, or mm. a family member would go to jail because doctors would have been like, "Well, I could have cured that with, you know, antibiotics. a lobotomy." Yeah, or a lobotomy. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say how you know that around that time it wasn't far from lobotomy times. I'm just saying because they were doing lobotomies yeah. up into the fifties. So. Could have been why they were like hushing it up because like people were going to jail or suing the church, you know. Or I don't, can you sue the church? Yes, you can sue the church. Uh, can you? you? You can sue yeah. anybody. Um. Right. <laughs> I wasn't sure how that worked. Uh, you know, I think. Didn't I read, like, or maybe it's me, uh, didn't somebody try to like sue God or something? Where was he going to get the money? Oh, man. I'd love to mm. be in the courtroom for that. Like somebody, oh, the defendant didn't show up, and then all of a sudden the roof blows off, like, <laughs> and Jesus floats down, like he is risen. <laughs> then, be like, I wasn't prepared to come back yet, and here I am. I, I, um, we're all gathered here today because somebody decided to sue me. <laughs> yeah, I died. I died for everybody's sins except for you, John. You're a prick. Yeah. <laughs> I take it back. How, how, how do you how do you swear him in? You know, because you got to put your hand on the Bible and then be like, "Do you swear to tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth?" So help you God, like, is it like so help you you? Like, oh, maybe. Do <laughs> so, you think they would funny. ask him to swear in though? I mean, yeah. <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> like, ah, he's going to tell me. I'm truth. sorry. The roof blew off. I'd be like, you lost. I'm sorry, dude. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he'd, he'd be stupid not to just drop it right then. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. The judge is over there. His hair's blowing back. He's like, do you really want to do this? <laughs> oh, God. Now, I did hear where somebody, I think it was an Indian dude, sued his parents because they gave birth to him. Yeah. I heard about that. 
I mean, that's pretty legit, though. He didn't ask to be here. None of us did. I I know, but it's like, I mean, it's like a form of kidnapping, right? I, I God, now kid- we're getting into some weird <laughs> territory. Like, if you give birth to your baby and they don't want to be here when they're like twenty because life sucks, is it kidnapping? My question is, were they fine with it up until they became an adult? That's the only way I can prove it. Or, you know, judge off of it. Just need to, like, legalize lifelong abortions. So, <laughs> you're like, I'm done with this life. I'm aborting at 35. Well, Man. Well, I mean, supposedly some lady, um, what was it? Norway? Norway or Switzerland? Might have been Belgium. Anyway, she saw like a terrorist attack and she was living with PTSD. And supposedly the therapist said, okay, well, we can go through and end your life steps and helped her do commit uh, assisted suicide. All right. Kevorkian style, right? Yeah. Well, a lot of people are up in arms about it because it's like, you know, you could have helped her. She could have got help, all this stuff. And it's like, well, I mean, she wanted to go. So, but I still think I'm like, if it can be helped, you can help them. At least do that route. Man. I'd say we turn this ship around. Uh, yeah. So the Warrens are straight up frauds. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, we went from... Jesus court cases to getting pretty deep there. It's like, wait a second. (laughs) Josh stepped away. That's what it was. Every time there's two of us, we just get deep. (laughs) One of us always has to make a joke. (laughs) Bring us back. No. So are y'all ready for some final thoughts on this one then? Yeah, I think so. Um, I believe that they were real people. Oh, that's it. <laughs> they were indeed real. <laughs> uh, I do believe that I, I want to believe that they started out with good intentions, right? Like they mm. wanted to help people rid their houses of the poltergeist or the demons or whatever issues they were having. Um, I want to believe that, but I'm not entirely sure I do. Um, I don't want to say they're complete frauds. I think, um, that possibly Lorraine does have some kind of clairvoyance. I'm not sure, but I know in their times it was a a lot harder to get information on people than it is these days. I mean, these days you can get on Facebook and find everything you need to know about somebody. You could probably damn near find their, their social security number. Oh, I'm sure you You could, if you looked on the dark web. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I think they were trying to do good in the beginning and just kind of fell into the the media hole and money hole that everybody seems to fall into, like Zach Bagans, Bagans as Tommy calls him. Uh, Did you call him Bagans? <laughs> Bagans, Bagans. What is his name? Oh, Bacon. He's begging strips. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Come to my museum. <laughs> He does. I mean, <laughs> but yeah, that's my my thoughts. That real people tried to do something good, just failed miserably in a weird way. 
Well, I'm going to flop you a little bit on that one. Uh, based on the, the paintings and, and Tommy, you said when they started out, you know, they were part of, part of some church or something and they wanted to bring attention to demonic stuff. So it almost feels to me that in their early career, they, they were, they were just popping up, painting the picture, going in, like just to bring attention to their beliefs. Uh, just like the guys we have today that walk around knocking on doors, handing out pamphlets, you know, that, that kind of energy is what that feels like. But once you said that their, their first big case they were called to, and then a couple of their other big ones they were called out to, uh, I think then they fell into some real shit. And obviously that's what really took them off. So I think, you know, the very beginning, bullshit. Then it was real. You know, and they, that's when the Conjuring House and the Amityville House and all this stuff. But I do believe it started to dry up, and they they got used to that money. And mm. I know earlier I said I'd do the same thing. I wouldn't fake it. I don't think it's in me to fake things. But I I think I would go and pursue things a little more. Yeah. Just like they did. Like, hey, we're we're here. You know who we are? And, yeah, it probably feels funny when they're like, no, can you leave? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But that probably made them a few bucks since they were part of the media. Uh, So percentage-wise, early career, 0%. Uh, Middle career, I'm going to say I believe uh, absolutely that what they were saying is real. Towards the end, 30%. That's fair. I forgot we were doing percentages these times. (laughs) Changed it. (laughs) Oh. You gotta have that math, that hard evidence, man. <laughs> that's right, that's right. I forgot Aristotle around this bitch. I don't know. <laughs> well, was, there, I, was Aristotle a mathematician? <laughs> no, I think he was just a philosopher. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but you can. Uh... We can Google it one day, guys. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean. I feel, I don't know uh, exactly how I feel about it because, like, of course, we brought up Zach Beggins. Um, and I know he has that following where there are people that believe he is the greatest paranormal investigator. And then you have people that believe the Warrens are straight up the greatest paranormal investigators just because. I don't think Zach's the greatest paranormal investigator. I think he's a tool. Um, <laughs> and the Warrens, I think, I I think, I don't think that it was a good start with them. I really feel just because of the paintings and stuff, like to me, it adds up as we did some research. Maybe we can get money out of it. That's what I, that's how I see it. Of course, you know, and again, I don't know. I, there's no actual like documentation with the fact that, or uh, with the people that they went and did these painting investigations. That's what I'm gonna call them. To like nobody interviewed them or anything, right? It's always the big cases uh, that you hear about. So, and the fact that their first big case, the uh, Bridgeport Poltergeist was brought to them by a family friend 
and also a claimed psychic. You know, it it doesn't sit right with me. I mean, I understand maybe if we had a friend psychic who was like, hey, I got this case over here. It's kind of crazy. You guys should come and investigate and check it out. You know, I, I definitely would want to go. But, oh, yeah. I mean, we're talking about what if the possibility is it's a grift. And then it just so happened that that case wound up getting so much media attention. It blew up. They fell in love with the media attention, like you said, Shane. You know, they're starting to get interviews on news stations and book deals and, you know, all these other things, you know, lectures that the money goes to their head. Now everything has to be about money. So they hear about the infield ghost, uh, poltergeist. They fly there of their own volition, get there, and it's like, hey, we're Ed and Lorraine Warren. We're very special people. And then they're like, no, we don't know who you are type deal. And Ed getting mad and supposedly saying that they could make a lot of money off this case. I just feel like, at least for Ed, maybe Lorraine was a little bit more genuine. Um, but uh, at least Ed, he was all about running that con. Yeah. Look at his picture. He looks like a con artist. <laughs> he really does. <laughs> he does. <laughs> he does. He does not look like whoever plays him in the movies. No. 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 <laughs> So like, I'd be more scared of him than the ghost. Like, leave the ghost here, man. Like, yeah. you, you stay outside. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's like, and like I said, supposedly, you know, he was very much like in love with m- money and all this other stuff. Like, he wanted to be on the television. He wa- and he got very like insane later on about it. So maybe that's why I don't believe it so much. Maybe it's just him. But it's just that money. The money gets me. Like, I know we're trying to do it for money. We're trying to do it so we can enjoy our lives, though. He just wanted to make a bunch of money. Just, like, ungodly amounts of money. Yeah. And I I, I know we wouldn't say no to ungodly amounts of money. I'm not stupid, but... <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, my thing is, if I really believed... And this is another thing. The, the museum. If I really believed, like, I collected all these demonic-possessed... I think they even have the Dybbuk box. Or they had a Dybbuk box. That's not real. <laughs> I know, but they had it. You know. It, there's one thing. It, supposedly they had all these demonic things. Annabelle, the Dybbuk box, all this stuff to keep people safe so they can house them in an area. But then they charge people 13 bucks to come look at them. Yeah. Now, now that, I think it would be really, really cool to have a museum like that and I would absolutely let people in but I would not tell anybody that I was trying to protect them no you're <laughs> right on your own. it's yeah. like yeah I'm gonna charge admission and I think it's cool I have all this shit but uh yeah fuck you <laughs> well I mean and, and essentially that's what Zach Beggin has he has that museum right and um I I feel like it's that whole media presence like He's up there with the Warrens as he sees himself. So he's making the haunted museum to hit their level, you know. When did when did uh, Ed Warren die? In two thousand six. When did Ghost Adventures start to take off? In two thousand six. I think you know where I'm going with this. <laughs> are you saying Are you saying he sacrificed Ed to become the? New- <laughs> 
No, oh, I'm saying oh. Ed died and then took over the body of Zach. Like, that is Ed Warren. And he right. figured out a ri- ritual to take him over, and we are literally watching Ed Warren. Somebody look up the damn saying from Child's Play. That's what it was. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, what a coincidence. You know, that's uh, funny to me, uh, Ghost Adventures, Aaron, he's like our Tommy. He's religious, <laughs> right. but he didn't go to church every, you know, every Sunday, and he mm-hmm. didn't, you know. I always, I always thought about that. I always thought that was cool when we started all this. I'm like, oh, we got our own yeah. little Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just looked up. Their documentary was 2004, and the series started in 2008. So... That's how Ed knew about him. He watched the documentary in 2004. He's like, I have my target. Did his ritual, took over in 2006, pushed him to make the show, and got him in there by 2008. Yep. Yeah. That's that's it. Checks out. We're on to you, Ed. Mm-hmm. I knew you were a con artist. Can't <laughs> even stay dead. <laughs> Love that money too much. Well... I think we finally come to a good stopping point, guys. <laughs> Before Ed's spirit comes to kill us. Yeah, right. we've, we've poked some bears with this one. Sounds like the Vatican's going to send their Catholic agents after us since we figured out their, you know, exorcism uh, conspiracy. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know what Catholic ninjas are like, but I don't want to mess with them. And They're the worst kind. Now we have Ed Warren, who's possessing Zach Baggins, going to come after us, too. They're going to join forces, guys. (laughs) It's going to happen. Now now they just need our microwave government agents with them, and we're done. Yeah. This was Tommy's episode. I just want to talk about, like, if we believe the Warrens are fake or real, not cracking a case on the Vatican and (laughs) ghost Ed possessing... Zach Beggins. <laughs> so, and with that, ladies and gentlemen, that concludes this episode of the Paranormal Minds of JST. I changed it up a little bit at the end to throw everybody off. So, if you like the content, rate, rate us, give us some good rates. Definitely comment, let us know, uh, bring up some topics that you guys would like to hear. Maybe you'll hear it. I don't know. Check out our YouTube channel, and um, if you want to see our beautiful, beautiful backgrounds, um, not our faces, but our backgrounds, um, check out our Patreon. You know, check that out and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And as always, tell us what you think, and check out the Etsy store. <laughs> <laughs>